Alexa, what is diet culture? Here's something I found on the web. According to thriveglobal.com, diet culture is a set of beliefs that worship thinness and particular body shapes. This is Dr. Aaron Nitschke. This is Dr. Darian Parker. This is Decoding Diet Culture. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our eighth episode of Decoding Diet Culture Season 2. In this season, we have been breaking down the history or the inception marketed purpose of certain dietary approaches and fad diets. We've also looked at summary of protocols of those diets, as well as things to consider, just consumer cautions and, and questions that anyone should, should ask before diving in or making drastic changes to anything health-related in their lives. So this episode's an interesting one, particularly for me on, on, a, on a few levels. One, as a 20-year veteran in the health and, and exercise space as a subject matter expert, as a certified health coach and certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist, this diet is something that raises a lot of questions for me. And one, if not both my eyebrows, when I look at this and, and in part, it's because I see people that are very much involved with this particular approach publishing things on social media and claiming to be these health coaches, which is an inaccurate description when you look at it from an industry perspective and the, the number of educational steps certified, industry certified health coaches have had to go through to create their footing and, and to create career success. And, and not only that, but to really pursue their passion of coaching individuals towards sustainable, healthy living. And, and this approach isn't quite that. Um, so we want to break down the Octavia diet. So for a little bit of history, Octavia is a subsidiary of what was called the Metafast company. And it rebranded after being charged with significant civil penalties for making what individuals were saying were unsupported claims about the five-in-one weight loss program. And that was a little over, well, about 10 years ago. So 2012, Metafast was really taken to the cleaners and ended up paying a hefty price tag of about $3.7 million for misleading advertisement. So they rebranded and now we've got Octavia. And interestingly, Medifast was originally designed to help people who had strict dietary limitations in order to prepare for bariatric surgery. However, the company repurposed its products to be used for weight loss for the general public. And so that is really how it is now marketed. Um, it does market something that they call lifelong transformations and something called help you become a healthier you, but it doesn't define what that means. Um, and, and really the, the sustainable lifelong transformations are interesting because again, there's, there's no, there's no health coaching process. Um, so that, that definitely makes me raise an eyebrow. When you look at the protocol, the diet functions by replacing your usual daily meals with, 
what they call 100 calorie fuelings five times a day. Okay, so that's 500 calories there. With only one real substantial meal, and that's called the lean and green meal. And that's generally dinner time. So if we break this down and just do a little simple math and look at the labels of some of these things, 800 to 1,000 calories is the the daily intake. And about mm, 80 to 100 grams of carbs, which is very low carb, at least 72 grams of protein and and about mm, 20 to less than 30% coming from fat. 800 to 1,000 calories a day is madness. Of course, that's going to lead to weight loss because the body is starving. It's an unsafe caloric window. And just, just to illustrate it, a toddler mean needs about a thousand to 1400 calories a day. You are not a toddler. So this is a massive red flag. And, and it's one of those things that it's hidden under the, the auspices of eating lean proteins and healthy fats and non-starchy veggies, which are all great things, all great things. But the number of calories that are promoted is, is terrifying to me. Another red flag are the carbs are, are especially low. Um, and, and the brain and the body prefers carbohydrates as its primary fuel source. That's what we need. It does not want to use muscle tissue. It will burn fats at rest and at certain points in, in activity, but the brain runs off of glucose. Your muscles run off of glucose. A storage form of that is glycogen. And that is how your muscles function. Muscle itself is protein. So if we are eating less than what the body needs, we're going to see weight loss, but what kind of weight loss is it? Because weight loss and fat loss are two entirely different things and they are entirely different processes in the body. So we have to raise the question of, well, what's the muscle mass like? What am I sacrificing? How is this affecting my heart health? Because again, the heart, it's a muscle. Fortunately, it's one that's not voluntary and and it is an involuntary system, but nonetheless, we have to ask what are the consequences there? So that's, that's a big red flag. Um, is not enough fuel on board to sustain brain function or demands of physical activity, especially if it's somebody that is vigorously active or even moderately active. So then we look at the lean and green meals, about five to seven ounces of protein, two servings of healthy fats and non-starchy veggies. Again, great things. And, and there's nothing wrong with any, any of those food choices, um, And it uses a lot of the language of up to, up to seven ounces, up to five ounces. But when you look at the breakdown, there's no actual starch or carb in these lean and green meals. There's no whole grains. So we're, we're looking at a lack of fiber for one, um, and certain vitamins and nutrients that come from those whole grains and starches like potatoes and sweet potatoes, white potatoes, all of those things. And again, our bodies need and want carbs. There's nothing evil about carbohydrates. And there's even one, one note that says carrots are too high in carbs. Like try to avoid them. What? It's a vegetable. And a rule of thumb I try to teach clients about is if it's not if it's not a way that you could basically eat for the rest of your life, you should reflect on the sustainability of that practice. 
And another thing is if any diet, any diet demonizes any one macronutrient, so your carbs, fats, or protein, or basically puts puts carrots or any vegetable in a bad light, I would be running the other way. Because this fuels a fear of food, that if I eat the carrot, it's too high in sugar, and we start to see the carrot as a as a negative source, as something that's not good for us. And that's simply not true. So ultimately, when you look at this nutrient breakdown, macronutrient breakdown, and the, the caloric window, this is not satisfying. This is not a satisfying diet because it's 800 to 1,000 calories. Our biology is the strongest thing out there. And it will take over and win in the long run, whether it's day one or it's day 41. It will come in the form of a binge. And then when this happens, we enter this cycle of binging and getting back on the wagon, quote unquote, diet culture message. And then we get off of it and then we get back on it. And it's this constant cyclical process that that really just does nothing more than to imprison the mind about food and what's good and what's bad. So that's something to definitely think about. The lean and green meals have different levels of leanness. So it's lean, leaner, and leanest. And again, problematic with labeling. Um, That's a diet culture thing. The leanest level may encourage up to seven ounces of protein. And seven ounces of protein is a lot of protein considering one serving is about three to four ounces. At the lean level, it's about five ounces, which is super realistic. But it also notes that we, that don't add any healthy fats. What? Again, why? What? What are we do- what are we doing here? Fats keep keep us full and satisfied and they're vehicles for being able to absorb and store fat soluble vitamins which we need to function. Um and and not to mention they're tasty. So what's wrong with healthy fats? And why shouldn't we be pairing our meals to be protein, healthy fats and fiber? That will help control blood sh- blood sugar as well. Another thing, fuelings these are about five meals a day and they're pre-packaged at about a hundred calories a serving. There's nothing wrong with eating pre-packaged foods provided they're, they provide you a source of nutrients and, and fuel, but they're calling a meal a hundred calories and they're calling them fuelings. A hundred calories isn't going to fuel anything. That's not a meal. And if you compare the prices, they're actually really pricey. Um, and then you think about the lean and greens and you have to buy, you know, f- these lean proteins and, and that adds to the cost. So that's something to look at is this, is this financially doable? I like that it encourages eating fish two times a week, because this is a really good reminder. That's a really positive message is try to choose some lean fish. And it also says, once you reach a healthy weight, which again, looks and feels different to everyone, you can transition to a different style of eating. But that's problematic because what does that message mean? You say ease up and transition, but what does that mean? Because again, there's no behavior change involved in a way that is industry vetted with a certified health coach. So some considerations, faults, faults, things to think about. It's an unsafe caloric intake, which in that vein, you are risking nutrient deficiency. It is extremely restrictive. Again, as I said, there's no starch, there's, there's no whole grain. This can result with that lacking in caloric intake enough to sustain the body 
it's slowed metabolism, muscle loss. There can be some serious digestion and gut health issues, hair loss. There's all sorts of things. The body is a system. And even though we think about the cardiorespiratory system, the muscular system, the skeletal system, we think about those as individual systems. They are all interconnected and nutrients is the one thing that fuels all of them and keeps them running in tip top shape. It's like putting gas in your car. And if you don't have enough fuel, all systems will suffer and they will suffer in different ways. And in some ways it's going to be obvious. And in other ways, it's going to take time and something to, that will need corrected. And the longer it goes, the longer the body takes to heal. The other thing that, that makes me encourage people to really think about this is the fact that there's not credentialed health coaches involved. Um, health coaching is, is a legitimate credentialed industry vetted field. And to call yourself a health coach would be similar to me calling myself a nutritionist or a registered dietitian, because I am not a registered dietitian. Do I have a background in nutrition? Absolutely. But am I going to coach someone on these very specific meals and macronutrient breakdown and things like that? Absolutely not. Um, that is a scope of practice issue. So the non-credentialed health coaches who, who appear to be previous Octavia consumers, that, that, that doesn't make you a health coach that, that makes you a good source of support, social support, which we know is a predictor, a powerful predictor of success, just like self-efficacy is, but it does not make that person a credentialed health coach that has gone through those educational steps and those certification steps from an industry standard. And there are rigid guidelines that these quote unquote coaches have to follow, like not giving medical nutrition therapy. And this is good. And it's also there to help them avoid a lawsuit. Um, but really the role appears to be one that's more of social support, encouragement, and motivation. And that's not what a professional certified health coach actually does. So there can be some real language confusion there. Um, and, and so that's something that to consider. It does encourage lifestyle changes that are beneficial. So of course, encouraging managing weight, exercising, sleeping, but where's the teaching of skills in terms of smart goal setting and meal planning, grocery shopping skills, nutrition, education, or how to really create sustainable change. And, and what happens when a barrier pops up in life and there's not that, okay, this is the goal we set and this is how we plan for high risk situations. That is something a health coach can do. That's something a certified personal trainer can do. It's also really unclear if this program, though it's marketed for the general public, it's really unclear if the program is safe for other populations like nursing mothers, older adults, teens, diabetic patients, anyone suffering from gout. That's also pretty unclear. There's also been a number of complaints filed with the Better Business Bureau. And they show a mixed bag of concerns. So some claim really fraudulent charges. Others complained about allergic reactions and dietary issues. And another complained about having to pay an exorbitant shipping fee because they had an allergic reaction to the prepackaged food. Um, so there's a number of complaints and it, and it doesn't look like it's, it's one specific thing, but that is something to check out. So the bottom line, 
it's really not a sustainable caloric intake window. And when we don't learn to trust ourselves around food and we are eating by a clock or we are eating these quote unquote hundred calorie fuelings with one, one substantial meal, we're, we're muting what our body is designed to do, which is give us cues. And that's a survival thing. Um, it, this tends to mute our hunger cues and it's difficult then to experience what normal eating looks and feels like when we get into this type of cycle. And a great rule of thumb is better off not having food rules um, and allowing your body to consume food and, and feeling your hunger cues and practicing that intuitive eating. That That's something that, that your body and your mind both need to be safe and, and be in that zone of trust. And the last thing is just the non the non-credentialed health coaches that do purport themselves to be coaches. You might be a coach in the sense that you are providing a source of support and encouragement and motivation, all good things, all good things, but promoting it in such a way that it blurs the line between what Octavia coaches do and credentialed industry coaches do. It's a vast difference and our scopes of practice are entirely different. So that's just something to think about is do the research. And if a dietary practice is something you need to, or feel compelled or called to change, a registered dietitian is going to be your best bet. Certainly a health coach, an exercise professional like myself can guide you on nutritional practices in a way that teaches you skills about grocery shopping and you know, building a healthy meal and the function of nutrients in the body and what they do for us and how to fuel for performance and how to recover from performance. But if you're looking to, to, to absolutely shift, or even if you're considering trying something like this, please check with a registered dietitian before going on it or, and, or do your due diligence and do that research. So you come across information that will help you be a more informed consumer. So we hope this episode has been helpful and we look forward to catching you on the next season of Decoding Diet Culture.